Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Do you want to talk about animal sports first? And I'm sure many of you watched the documentary last night, BBC's Panorama. And do you think the sport, or any sport, that uses animals should be banned? Now, of course, we've talked about greyhounds in the past, and successful racehorses linked to some of the biggest names in racing were among thousands slaughtered in British and Irish abattoirs since 2019. And that's according to the BBC, by the way, the Panorama documentary, which last night showed footage filmed inside one of the UK's biggest abattoirs. Secret recordings also claimed that rules designed to protect horses from cruel deaths were being breached and the BBC says freedom of information requests revealed that 4,000 former racehorses were slaughtered in Ireland and Britain since the beginning of 2019. Most but not all were trained in Ireland it said and the footage was recorded over four days at the end of 2019 and the start of 2020. Founder of the animal rights group Aaron, uh, John Carmody has said how uh, this did not surprise him. He said this is something that we would have been aware of for a hell of a long time. We've been screaming from the rooftops to people who place bets in bookies around the country for years telling them that this is an inherent in the industry. And thankfully viewers got a look at it last night he said. Wherever animals are used for entertainment and profit corners will always be cut. Eh, he's right. John goes on to say that the reality is anyone that goes and places a bet on horse racing, greyhound racing or any other animal that has to run for its life, there is going to be huge problems with the welfare of these animals. And in a statement, Horse Racing Ireland said it unreservedly condemns the practices shown in the images and supports calls for a full investigation. Horse Racing Ireland unreservedly condemn the practices shown in the images from Swindon UK abattoir portrayed this evening in the BBC documentary Panorama. HRI support uh, calls for an investigation by the relevant UK authorities into this particular abattoir and this footage they said showed both animal and human health issues and is not reflective of the care that racehorses receive in the horse racing industry throughout their lives it says. So today I want to talk about this animals in sport in general. We've already tackled animals being used in circuses and most circuses most countries are most of the country now different counties across the country have banned the use of animals in circuses. We've already talked about zoos and there has been suggestions, very serious suggestions, that probably in the next 50 years, zoos may be a thing of the past. Um, you can't just close them down, obviously, because there's animals in there. The Labour Party in the UK even suggested that it's a Victorian idea of keeping animals locked up. Yes, there is the argument of conservation, etc., etc., but the, the evidence clearly states that it doesn't play a huge role in any form of conservation. But other... I suppose sports, bullfighting, fox hunting, um, any other kind of sports that involve the use of animals. Is it time? I mean, are we that grown up and educated now and understanding that we could turn around as adults and say, right, let's ban all this. Now, I understand, by the way, the billions, and I mean billions, that comes into the economy from betting and from horse racing every single year. And I do get that. I understand the jobs that are involved in it. But what about the welfare of the animals? When it comes to greyhound racing, when it comes to horse racing, when it comes to bullfighting in Spain, when it comes to fox hunting or rodeos in America or whatever it happens to be, where animals are used for our entertainment without their consent, and I'm not getting all vegan and all vegetarian, but it is without their consent. A lot of the animals, I'm sure, don't want to do it. They're forced to do it. They have no choice. That's the life that they live. And you could argue that, oh, but the horse loves running, Niall. And maybe they do sometimes. But they don't all the time. 
you know, I like running every now and again too, but sometimes it's just not the humour to run. I wouldn't like someone to force me and jump on me back. You know what I mean? So the point is, do you think sports that use animals should be banned? I mean, if you looked at the amount of horses that have died in the last 15 years, three or 4,000 horses died just in racing alone. That's not counting what, who, who, the ones that die in training, the ones that die because there's just no use. They're sent off to an abattoir or they're sold to somebody else who sends them off to an abattoir. And by the way, it's not always the horse racing industry. I mean, when you look at, when you look at the Panorama documentary, you have to point out that a lot of those horses weren't actually sold by the breed or weren't killed by the breeders. What happens is the horse outlives its usefulness, not as fast as it used to be. It's sold on to somebody else because it's no use. It's not going to make any money anymore. Uh, maybe somebody for their kid or something like that to practice horse racing on or to practice show jumping on. And then that horse then, by that family or those people, is sent off to an abattoir. So it's not always the horse racing industry themselves that do that. But in saying that, it's all part of the bigger picture. That once the horse, the greyhound, or whatever it happens to be, or whatever animal is being used in the sport, outlives its usefulness, it's killed. Because it costs money to keep it otherwise. And there isn't enough people to keep all these animals that outlive their usefulness. So, should it be just banned? I mean, I know it's a crazy idea, but should horse racing, greyhound racing, and all these sports... Um, I mean, look, obviously we're not Spanish and we can't get involved in the culture over there of bullfighting, but that's a despicable sport. The very idea that you would find entertainment in stabbing a bull to death in the middle of a ring, I find it barbaric. I mean, we're not living in the year 1700. You know, but this is the year 2021. We're educated people. We have respect for each other, hopefully, and for animals as well. Uh, the number's 087-188-0008. Let me go to Pat. Pat, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Pat? Hello, Neil. How are you doing? Go on. That's good. Uh, excuse right. me. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> nice to talk to you, Pat. Um, okay, I mean, do you believe that a, a sport involving animals, you know, being it racing or whatever it is, should all those sports be banned? Is it time to ban them? Well, I've, I, like I said to you many times before, now, I've faced all sorts of sports. I, was, I grew up in America. I played ice hockey, basketball, baseball, you name it. I played Gaelic football over here. And when I, I always say, once you bring animals into it, it's no longer a sport. Call it something else. I, my personal opinion, sport is man against man, man against woman, woman against whatever the case might be. But when you bring animals into it, it's, no, it's not a sport. No, the animal is doing it to survive. Well, the animal is doing it to survive because if it doesn't do it, it's told it's, it's not much use to anybody. That's the problem yeah, for the poor animal. It's as simple as that. And it, all, it comes down to money, of course, too, doesn't it? A lot of... Well, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you you take Ireland, of course, is probably one of the most famous countries in the world for breeding racehorses and show jumping horses. I mean, we sell horses all over the world, so much so that we give a tax incentive uh, to breeders and trainers. Uh, They they can do it tax free. So because we're famous for it. But But in saying that, if these horses, once they're not fast enough, once they're not quick enough, once they can't jump high enough... Um, and the same goes for greyhounds and other animals too. Right. Uh, they're basically just useless. So they oh just yeah, go. they're out, out you go. You're no yeah. longer needed, yeah. And now they give the horse racing industry a bit of a, they do uh, the red run, they put a statue up on, outside of Liverpool for them, you know, just to, mm-hmm. you know, to cover their tracks, I suppose. Yeah. But uh, show jumping, I wouldn't be too much against show jumping. Um, flat racing, I could, I could go with that. It's when these jumps features book now and the, uh, entry in these places and the, the whipping they do like last Saturday now and Sunday it was very warm yet there was horse racing going on you know, mm-hmm. and I, 
they have no respect for the poor animals. Well, Absolutely they not. they will argue, I suppose, Pat, that these breeders, the top breeders in the country, you know, the big ones, the famous ones that end up over, you know, at Aintree or Ascot or whatever it is, or the Galway race or whatever it happens to be, that those particular breeders, they treat, they will tell you that they treat their animals better than they treat their children. That Probably, those animals yeah. are well looked after. Yeah, like they got swimming pools for some of them. I hear they got their own personal swimming pools for for the for some of the horses. Mm. But like you said, well, once they're done, uh, adios, goodbye. We don't need you anymore. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the total lack of respect. And what uh, about what about the money involved in a pad? I mean, oh, geez. I mean, I mean, because from an, an economic point of view, I mean, horse racing, um, not so much greyhound racing because we tend to fund that, but certainly horse racing brings in a huge amount of money into the country. Massive amounts. I mean, I'm talking billions when you take into consideration betting. I think it was something like four or five point something billion euro comes into the country in betting on horses. Yeah, but what price though? Like you, I, if you set up a bare knuckle co- competition here in Ireland or in other countries, you get a lot of money too. Bullfighting brings a lot of cockfighting if you wanted to go that way could bring a lot of money. When do you draw the line about money? Well, this, well, they, well, this is this is again the so where do you draw the line because. Am I being a hypocrite saying we shouldn't use animals? And are you being a hypocrite by saying we shouldn't use animals for entertainment purpose? And yet, I don't know. Do you eat a steak, Pat? No, again, I do. Yeah. Okay, so are we being hypocrites by saying we're absolutely appalled by this kind of cruelty to animals, but we're quite happy to sit down on a Sunday afternoon and have a roast beef? You know what I mean? Well, it's a bit different, really, in a way. Like, you know, people get their jollies watching two greyhounds while chasing a poor hare in course, you know, for instance. Mm. No, what? What? I don't know. There's something wrong with people when they do that. And you have trainers. They've been caught on tape of putting rabbits, live rabbits and kittens into a compound where greyhounds are. And you know what happens there. Yeah. They call it blooding. Yeah. Uh, there's some there's people. There's, they're sick when they do something like that. Throw a like, live kitten into a, two greyhounds in yeah. order to get the blood. I don't. I, I, I. You have to have a different mindset to be able to do something like that. And these are people who are very involved in the sport, I suppose, and they they see it as something that has to be done. Yeah, and they call it a tradition. You know, it's, mm. it's a tradition. Well, slavery was a tradition one time too, and war has been a tradition. You can go on. You know, just because it's a tradition doesn't make it right. So do you think we've got to a point in human history where we should be looking at these things as we did with the animals in the circuses going back a while ago when we banned that, that we should be looking at these traditions where we've used animals and having maybe a little bit more respect for the animals? Okay, we eat them. That's fine. Uh, Well, some people don't think it's fine, obviously, but some people object to that as well. And that's your choice. But I mean, that just from an entertainment point of view, we shouldn't be using them. Oh, yeah, definitely. But it's I can't see it happening in our lifetime. It's uh, you've got some very powerful um, people involved in the well, a lot of money yeah a lot of money a lot of money and uh, and when you think what the horses have done for man since for thousands of years until the motor car came along for instance mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're amazing animals like most animals are they are amazing but when you think what the horse has done for man and look what the, look the way we treat them it's, I don't know, it's just shocking okay but well, stay, stay there for a second let me go to Michal as well Michal you're on Classic Kids how you doing She's a good, good. I like your horse impression. Yeah, yeah. Mihal. I mean, look, you're a man of your years. I mean, you'd nearly remember when we used the, the horse instead of the car. Uh, but in saying that, is it? I mean, are we at a point now in human history where we have to look back and say this is just not right? Well, well, yeah, thank you very much for the compliment. But I do remember the horse that we used to bring the top out of the bog. 
you're the ponies and taps for bringing us mass on a Sunday. If, yeah. you, if you're lucky enough to have one. But yes, today there is abuse in it. Now, I've ridden horses, I've showed them for years, I've dragged hunter for years. But the point is that uh, I think it's basically down to the thoroughbred industry. And it's very hard to say that because I was involved with a point in it. But that when a horse is finished his day, it's a lot of them. They don't make the grade. And like... You see, anyway, after catastrophes or golf sales and that in the year or the two years, when they don't sell, you'll see that the horse factory, yeah. there's a place full of horses. That's yeah, well, they, well they're, they're sent off to make glue and they're sent off to make dog food. They did that 100%. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them are. A lot of them are maltreated. And I think the greyhound, as I heard someone say a minute ago, it by far the worst of the whole lot. Jesus, what happened in the greyhound world is serious. They abuse to take. But certainly, we should look after our horses. We should look after our animals a million times more than we do. We should but, if we, but if we don't use horses for sport, for example, or entertainment, yeah. if, you, if that's the word you want to use, then they serve no purpose in this country, for example. I mean, okay, it's different when you're looking at, the, you know, out in Nevada somewhere where you may have some still reservations of native Indians who, who would use them for transport. But yeah. we don't use horses for transport really anymore. So, so, okay. they, they, so they, they will outlive their usefulness. And I would hate to see a situation where we're not breeding horses anymore for this kind of purpose and they end up, you know, as a breed literally nearly dying off. Well, well, I know. Because we don't have wild, we don't have wild horses in Ireland, do we? We said, well, uh, there's, a, there's a place on Saigon a few years ago, and there's supposed to be an awful lot of Connemara ponies running wild that were trying to cull them. I was saying, some far for Saigon. But apart from that, uh, no, we do use horses more than people will imagine. That uh, you, you take, well, first of all, go around the green and, and see the point of the enjoyment they give. Yes, we use them for purposes. Horse riding schools, they need the horses, and, point, and they are well treated animals. We yeah, but I mean, if we yeah, but if we went down the road, as Pat suggested, of banning the use of animals in sport of any kind, uh, which is what people are talking about, there'll be no need for horse riding skills. But sure, nobody is right. Very, very <laughs> true. And ban ban the ban the rear and the cattle. We've no we've no more burglars. We've no more nothing. If you ban everything, we're banning petrol at the present minute. We're going all electric. The next thing is we'll be banned so much you won't be talking to airwaves. You're using up time. You keep on banning stuff like you, 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 I don't know. Well, no, no, I mean, no, I mean, Pat made a good point. You know, at one point in history, it was all right. You know, slavery was acceptable at a point in history. It's not obviously anymore. We look back at that, you know, shamefully. But maybe in a hundred years time, we'll look back and say, God, look what people used to do to animals. They used to get on the backs of horses and run them around the track till they were literally nearly dead. We look back at that and we might look back at it with the same, well, I mean, not with the same shame, but certainly with some shame. But I, do, I, I wonder if the slavery was only accepted by those who were multimillionaires. Of like course. The rest all across the board, but they were multimillionaires, and slavery was the order of the day. Now, horses were the order of the day for pulling carriages, pulling coal on the docks. When I hit Dublin donkey years ago, the bread was being, and everything else was being delivered by milk. And I give you a better one. When, when I grew up, the your, your bread was ordered from Galway City, which was 20 miles away. It was a day old then. It was driven out the, by, by horse and cart to the train, which the train station brought out to maybe 10 miles away. And a horse and cart picked it up and did about 10 deliveries with his horse and cart. Your horse was essential then. I, yeah. Absolutely. I'm not saying it wasn't. But we, yeah, but, but those days are over. They're long gone. They were working, they were working horses tied to the Okay, well, 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 hang on, Michal. You're talking a mile a minute there. Let me go back to Pat. Sorry, Pat. Michal makes a yep. good point. If we're, going, if we're taking this seriously and you're saying, you know, animals shouldn't be used for anything against their will, so to speak, Right. I mean, well, then realistically, do you ban working horses then? Because there's no need to have a horse and cart because we have cars nowadays. So we don't need to use horse and carts, but people still use them. So, I mean, where do you draw the line then? 
Well, horse and carts, is there any need for it? No, really. Well, no, there isn't. You know, I we have tractors in, and cars, so we don't. I see them in New York and in these uh, tourist places in very warm weather, and they're pulling big, hefty people around the place. And it looks nice going through Central Park and all that, but the poor horse. Mm. It's, it's just, like you said, it's from another century. You know, it's. But it, but it, but the argument Michal is making is these are quite traditional things, and some people still do it because it's traditional. They are shires, they are working horses, and they don't know what particular weights on their back, and the weight that they are pulling will be governed by the regulations. You got to Killarney. Yeah, yeah, but Michal, you're missing the, the yeah, but Michal, you're missing the point the Pat's making. It's unnecessary. Okay, you might want to do it. It might look nice, but it's not necessary. Every single thing we do is unnecessary. What do you want to go to Killarney for if you're drunk and on a job and go out around the lakes? What the hell do you want? Don't bother going there because you're wasting petrol and creating... No, times change. No, me uh, other... Uh, just times change. Talking nonsense. What? You know, <laughs> what do you mean he doesn't want to go to Killarney? What's he talking about? They've got to Killarney, you're going out in the jobs, you're going out around the lakes in a horse and cat. And for the amount of weight that those horses are pulling would be insignificant to the the particular horse. They are governed, they are regulated. And it's the same with every other use of horse. Provided the horse has been used in a, in a proper fashion. I can't say that they're not going to be abused and that people will abuse them. But the horses, they were referring to, they give pleasure. Definitely, they are regulated to unbelievable. But, but are you missing the point Michal is making? And I understand what you're saying. I'm, all I'm saying is that if you're talking about horse and carts around Killarney or indeed in Grafton Street, uh, you know, in and around Stevens Green, it, it's unnecessary. We're doing it for our entertainment. <laughs> and for you don't need a horse and cart to pull you around uh, Stevens Green. You can get in a car and do it. You, can you know what I mean? You can walk around it yourself if you really want to. I mean, you don't need a horse to do it. That's the point he's making. No, you don't need, if you look at life like that, you don't need something else to do. Ah, you're missing that point. Yeah. Yeah. You go in round, it's given employment, the horse doesn't mind, the horse is well looked after, and if they think that they weren't being used in that century, well, the horse probably would go out a big distance. I mean, there's news. You say the horses, I've been hearing this this for years, the greyhounds are well looked after, the horses are being well looked after, and we know they're not being looked after. Program after program, and documentary after documentary, is proven that they're, they're not being looked after. Some are, some are. Oh, greyhounds, it's horrendous what happens with the greyhounds. I said that. It's horrendous what happens. The worst abused animal, I think, in the world is a greyhound. It's horrendous what happens to them. I mean, somebody just rang in, giving out about the horses on Grafton Street, they rang Ashling, saying that the horses are sitting there in the blistering heat from morning to evening. And now, I'm sure they have water for them. Well, I'd like yes, to think yes. they do. And with the majority of people of respect for the horses, have a sheet to keep the cover off the horses' back. Now, I don't go into Stevens Green, and I can tell you that often, unless a business takes me there. But if there's a thing that you, you take a look and you'll find that those who respect for the horses, which is most of them, have a sheet to keep that blistering heat over them, they will have water on hand for them, and they always have a bit of hair yeah, but, or something like that. They're treated, but, they're treated like family members. Yeah, but is it, I mean, and I, and I get what you're saying about tradition, and I, you know, I know it looks nice, and it's lovely to bring the kids and little horse and car drive around the Grafton Street or Stevens Green, whatever the hell it is, or Air Square and Galway, whatever you happen to be doing it. But the point is, have we not got to a point in human history now? I'm not saying I'm not going all vegan. I'm not being a vegetarian. I said, enjoy me burger, me KFC. But is it not? Have we not got to a point in history where we say we don't need to do that anymore? We don't need because it is abuse of an animal. The animal no. doesn't always want to do it. 
How well? How do we know the animal oh, be the first shit, to kick up? No, Would you like to be standing in the middle of Grafton Street for the whole day in the heat, waiting for the next person to jump on your back to fly around there for half an hour for twenty quid? Would you like? Well, I, I personally, if I was an animal, I wouldn't want to do that. There is well, the animal doesn't know any difference. That's ah, go back and oh, the animal. Hey, no, the argument, animal doesn't know any. The animal, the animal doesn't know any difference. In heat, he's there, he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody, yeah. nobody will be jumping on this guy. They might get into a trap or a sidecar, yeah. whatever yeah, it is. No Which again, the way it would be governed and, and be kept to their. Well, well, there you go. Before going to the break, Pat, the animal doesn't know any difference. Sure. Yeah, well, that sums up the. That's it. That's. Yeah, it's the whole I argument. Now, I've, I've heard stronger language than that from people when I mentioned the cruelty of animals. They think it's a God-given right. They can they can do whatever they want to greyhounds or hares or horses. They get very very aggressive. Mm. So, very aggressive. Okay, so, let me go ahead, me. Greyhounds, greyhounds, definitely. The whole situation with the greyhound world should be should is really horrendous. What happened? I, well, yeah, you're saying that, and I agree with you. But I just don't see the difference. The only difference I see between horse racing and greyhound racing is there's a lot more money in horse racing. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number's 87 I'm looking at it through your text coming in, you know, and people are saying, no, nah, will you stop for God's sake? It's a great sport. Uh, I love horse racing. Fair play to you. So he says, no, I spend quite a, lo- a substantial amount of money I'm betting every year. That money goes into the state. A lot of it goes in in taxes, actually. Not a lot of it goes in in taxes. I'm betting there isn't a huge amount of tax- taxes I'm betting. But anyway, goes into the state, which helps to pay your wages every year. Uh, what, I, what are you talking about? We're, this is not a state-run radio station. You're not paying my wages. Do you know, it bothers me when people say that. Oh, I'm paying your bleeding wages, boiling. No, you're not. You're paying Ray Darcy's and Joe Duffy's. You're not paying my wages. This is an independent radio station paid for by... Two men. It's a business. John, you're an Ireland's classic kid. How you doing, John? Afternoon. Um, you're already annoying me today. Oh, why am I annoying you? I'm only yeah. putting it out there. Well, the thing is, I think you're not being anyway impartial on this today. I think oh, even okay. uh, oh. Padraig there, but I'm not Padraig. Um, Michal. Michal, Michal, Michal. I think Michal got, uh, didn't get a good run today. He, I think yeah. he, was a, he normally you know, does, doesn't he? Yes, but not today. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but John, okay, well then, let's let's be, give me your impartial side of the story then. I mean, give me the benefits, apart from the financial, which I did point out the financial aspect for the economy. Well, there was the financial, there was the jobs, I mean. You yeah, know, I mentioned that earlier on, I did mention that. There was the recreational path as well, which a lot of I don't face on horses, but our dogs, but a lot of my friends do, and they go into the betting office on a daily basis, and a lot of it, they don't spend a lot of money, it's just a recreational thing to meet their buddies, have a chat, put on a bit, go away, come back after, maybe collect a shubab or not collect a shubab. It's a social outlet, right? Also, the, the very horses that they like the comedy are complaining about and, and whatever. Like, if, they, if you stopped horse racing worldwide tomorrow morning, right? Obviously, the, the horses that are lifting, what happens to them? They're no good to anyone then, so they're going to be in... Absolutely. And, and by the way, I couldn't agree with you more. And this is why I mentioned at the start of the show when we had that discussion about the Labour Party in the UK talked about uh, zoos being a Victorian idea. I did say you couldn't just close them tomorrow because the animals no. have to be looked after. So, yeah, so what, what I'm, no, John, be fair to me. What I said was these kind of situations would have to be phased out slowly. Yeah, we say Fort Island down the road for me, they'll know. If, if you take note, that it's that's a, a safari park, right? It's a beautiful but safari park. It is, way. it's a yeah. beautiful place, say. But even alone for what's happening down the way, the animals are treated. If you take our close your Fort tomorrow morning and you put all those back in the so-called national Oh, they die. Habitat, they wouldn't last five minutes. 
I've no, no, but I, and I completely agree with you. And Dublin Zoo, by the way, we should be very proud because Dublin Zoo is probably one of the nicest zoos in Europe. And it's one of the best run zoos in Europe, without a shadow of a doubt. I'm not a fan of zoos, but it is the best run zoo in Europe. Um, but in saying that, what, what they said, and they said this in Belfast too, I think it was Sinn Féin mentioned it last year about Belfast Zoo as well. Um, the Labour Party of the UK said, it's a Victorian idea. You know, the whole idea of having a zoo initially was so we could all get up close and personal with an animal that we couldn't see normally. Nowadays, we have Discovery Channel, we have YouTube, we have all those things. We can see animals if we really want to. The flights are cheap enough when we get out of COVID that you can head off to Kenya if you want to on a holiday for two weeks and go on a nice safari. Yeah, so what I'm saying is you can, you can do all those things. And I'll say on this one, it's not everyone can up sticks and have uh, absolutely. I, I'm to just, go to Kenya. I'm just, <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm saying is, you know, kids are not being denied being able to see animals, you know, on YouTube or Discovery Channel or whatever it is, whereas we were years ago. They're unnecessary. Yeah, but again, as I said, like before, no, there's plenty of room to move around down there. And it's lovely to have kids go down there to actually yes. rather be watching David Attenborough to see the actual animal. And I, I understand that argument. I do yeah. understand yeah. that argument. Yeah. And, and you know what? With the greatest respect to people who run the zoos, they're passionate about what they do. They love the animals. There's an element of conservation there, although I've read up the evidence in relation to that. It's not great, the conservation aspect of it. We don't release animals back into the wild generally because they don't survive anyway. They're, they're, they're rare domestically, these animals. So the point is, in the future, these kind of things, we are an educated society. We do look back now in hindsight at some of the things that we did 100 years ago and say that wasn't really right. We now look back at, say, using animals in circuses, which we did up to a few years ago, and said, Jesus, how did we even allow that? Elephants dancing up on little podiums and, you know, slapping lions with whips. We don't do that anymore. You know what I mean? You want, if you want to extend it out, like, you know, like Hamadi and his fellow travellers want, should you also, like, why do we keep dogs and cats? Like? We, we keep them for our own vanity. It's nice to spend... Like the Julox dog, no, there, a friend of mine holding the sheep dog, right? And every time she takes out the dog, everyone stops and the dog. But like, it's more like a vanity project in any. Ah, no, it's not, John. We keep them as companions. They're domestic companions. Yeah, but I mean, like, why have we? It's different. No, if you go back to work in the morning, then, and that dog is left outside in the kennel in the back, I was still. Well, I don't agree with that. But I mean, what else do you do? You can't bring the flame dog to walk with you, right? Yeah, but people look, generally speaking, people look after the dogs. If they don't look after the dogs, by the way, they should be taken off them. But generally speaking, we look after our dogs and we respect them but, as but part the of the family. Like, I mean, your, your, your racehorse is only looked after while he's performing. As if soon as he on, stops performing, he's not looked after anymore, or well, she? Well, well, as soon as an animal gets sick, then as well, in a lot of cases, the animal is put down, like, I mean, because there's too much trouble to look after it. Yeah. Have we, have we if you extend it out, have we the right as humans, if you're going to be on about horses and greyhounds, have we done the right as well, like, have cats and dogs as pets just to suit ourselves. No, you're, no, you're not comparing like with like. You said as soon as the animal gets sick, we put them down. That's not the way it is, John. We don't put them down for convenience. We put them down to put them out of their illness because we can't cure their illness. People, people were on the simple path here and the cabbage is growing. Yeah, and, yeah, and Stephen's Green and places like that. They treat their animals well. Like, if, they, if there was no jarvies, or if there was no one going around the colleges in Central Park, right, and no one in the Phoenix Park in Dublin, whatever, those horses again wouldn't exist. They're actually... No, you're right. They probably wouldn't exist. They wouldn't. And what he pisses me off, like, I mean, and don't you don't have me over this now, is the likes of when the RT showed that infamous Greyhound uh, segment that night on prime time, right? Yeah. Outside and uh, Bishopstone here on Corraheen, 
where a very well run uh, uh, set up is there for Greyhounds, right? I mean, the stadium. There was a load of people protested with, with, with placards outside there. A bunch of hypocrites. I mean, they were on about Greyhounds, and the very same people were down in Patterson because I stood next to them and they're promoting abortion. Oh, well, 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 hang, well, hang on for a second. Let me go to Martina, who is a protester and has protested on many occasions, very much so, against greyhound racing, particularly we talked to her around the time of the RT documentary. Martina, uh, good afternoon to you in Ireland's Classic Kids. Uh, Martina, I mean, obviously the documentary last night on, pri- on uh, Panorama has drawn attention to horse racing and you for years have That's been right. talking about greyhound racing. But That's right. generally speaking, is it time we stopped using animals in all sports or... As some people are saying, that's madness because of the amount of money it brings into the economy. Well, yes, it brings money into the economy, but in relation to greyhound racing, already the Irish taxpayer has handed out twenty million Bill, to yeah, the yeah, million, Irish greyhound board, yeah, and um, to keep them going. Basically, they can't even ma- maintain themselves at the moment. I think so initially it was sixteen million, and they put an extra few million in. I think it's nineteen million yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. So you're talking about a lot of money that this country just cannot afford to be paying out. In, in relation to, you know, sustainable racing and it's no harm and it's no this, even if you're not an animal lover, you have to think the amount of money that is spent on betting that is coming out of a family home, if you like, pocket. Yeah, but John's argument is some people bet just recreationally. Not everybody is a compulsive gambler. They might just pop into the bookie shop. It's part of their day. You know, they, they, you know, they, they just put a couple of quid on a horse or a greyhound. I've been with you the lotto. So do the lotto or bet on a boxing game or a football game because they all choose to do that. The people that are involved in sports, it's their choice to do it. No dog or no horse is, you know, comes along and says, I want to be a horse racer. It just doesn't happen. So better they, they, they wouldn't, that people they wouldn't, are, have they control They wouldn't exist over. in the first place if there wasn't horse racing. Of course they would exist. They just wouldn't they be wouldn't. getting bred. Why would you, why would you breed away well, 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 hang on both of you. Martine, with the greatest respect, they probably wouldn't exist because we don't really have many wild horses in Ireland. So if, we, we, didn't, well, if we didn't have horses for horse racing, for show jumping, or for, they, they eventually, will, they probably would be very limited and uh, there certainly wouldn't be an abundance of them because there'd be no need to breed them. No, there wouldn't be the need to breed them at the volume that they are bred at the moment. Over 6,000 greyhound dogs are killed every year because they're seen as wastage. They're of no good to anybody. So they are, yes, we are breeding way too many dogs, way too many horses, because we are killing way too many. If we only had horses for fields or farms or whatever it might be, you know, children going around with the horses, whatever, then you're talking about a whole different level. But we are overbreeding, and then we are overkilling. So if those but, dogs but, are those... That's the way you should also... We, we, we say then the domestic pit, so that spends most of the time on its own. Yeah, are in a hose. It's taken out... You're not, you're not comparing like with like, John. No, but it's taken out on the lead, not even left off one wide. You can't do that anymore. So it's on a bloody lead, right? It's inside in the house most of the day. Our locked open the kennel in the back all at night. And so we should ban everything. So all animals should be banned off the face of the earth. Well, that's absolutely ridiculous. I, I've never heard such cock and bull in my life. No, not every Well, we'll have to ban the cock and bull as well. <laughs> it is, yeah. It is a load of cock and bull. Well, we'll let her answer what you said. I mean, okay, the point he's making is, is where do you draw the line, Martine? If you're saying we can't race greyhounds or we can't race horses... 
you know, should we stop people keeping dogs? Because we do put them onto leads, I suppose. We, they're in our control. Uh, they rely on us to feed them. We keep them in our houses or out of kennel out the back garden. So, he says, so he's kind of saying, I don't think he literally means it, but he's saying, where do you draw the line? Well, I draw the line at three, sorry, I draw the line at 6,000 dogs every year who are killed in the IGB. It's just not, there's too many dogs being bred. We can have a smaller volume of every pet and they will be maintained better. Now, you also have, you're talking about horse racing and dogs, but let's not forget the large volume of dogs, oh, sorry, horses. Mm. There are now in fields all over Dublin. Just to mention as well, the 6,000 horses that you refer to, that were referred to, by the way, in the documentaries, by the way, that outlive their usefulness. They're not all obviously registered with the one organisation. Many of those dogs are from different organisations. So you're you're referring to dogs just being uh, part of one organisation. Somebody else has been says in what, relation to what you're saying, Martina. Now, uh, we cannot keep rewriting the past history of our society today to suit the narrow-minded agenda and continuous PC, you know what, uh, views of this liberal society today. Let, uh, let that be slavery, etc says the angry Christian. In other words, we need to stop, you know, constantly pandering to the society of liberals, which is calling you, Martina. Well, you know what? We are, you know, you have two sides to every story and we will never stop fighting as long as, you know, animals are being slaughtered because of people's greed, because of the whole money thing. And for one quick slaughter, Greyhound suffer. There you go. So, I mean, we have to pull back and we have to, Come out of the dark ages. I mean, Ireland has come out of the dark ages with a lot of things um, quite recently. And I hope to God that we come out of this because it's not, it is cruelty. You know, Irish are known for loving their animals. Okay, well, do me a favour. I have to go into a break. Uh, Martina, stay with me there for a second. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Numbers 87 8 treble 8 I don't know whether you watched the Panorama documentary. I don't know whether you watched the documentary last year on RT and Greyhounds. I don't know whether you watched numerous documentaries in relation to animals being used in sport. And do you think it's time for a change? Is it time that as human beings we decided that animals shouldn't be used for our entertainment? Let me know what you think. The number's 087-188-0008. Paul says, why is nobody speaking about the cruelty to horses in the inner city in Dublin and Limerick? Paul, we've talked about it many times. The idea of somebody owning a horse in a housing estate is the most ridiculous idea in the world. And I've seen documentaries, numerous documentaries in Ireland where people buy horses for their kids who live in housing estate and have them strapped to a railings and out in the front green during the day grazing. It's absolutely ridiculous and it should be illegal. Um, And I'm, I'm assuming you would agree with that, Martina. Absolutely. I mean, the council are going around at the moment. Um, I know up in Dunsink and Singlet quite recently, the, both the DSPCA and council came to an agreement where they had to go in and feed horses who were in a field. Um, obviously, the horse weren't being fed, they weren't being cared for. I mean, it's a big concern, and the, the biggest concern is there's nothing being done about it. You know, and we have kids, I mean, I've seen kids going through the drive through of Burger King and Fingers on a horse. On a horse. And, yeah, on this a is, horse. This is not and Texas. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, the other, know, the other thing people are texting in about sulky racing as well. Uh, would you agree outrageous. with it? Yeah, it yeah. is. It should be. I, I was behind a, a sulky racing or whatever they call them, a trap, a pony and trap the other day, and there was a, a father and three kids on the seat. And yeah. on a ma- on a busy main road, and it was kind of it was kind of weaving in and out, and I have to say it was the most dangerous thing I have ever seen children being subjected to in my life. And, I, and whoever and the parent is should be ashamed of themselves. It's heartbreaking, um, and I equally think that if you go down to um, Stephen's Green, and you have the horses there to bring people around on a little trip, and you see those horses, and I mean they're 
warm, they're stressed, they're, they've got, you know, it's just, look, I mean, Ireland is so well behind when it comes to animal welfare. Yeah, but we're not, we're not the only country or capital city in the world that would have, you know, uh, no, kind of not. horse and car trips around public parks. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know we know that New York is probably one of the worst parks, but we can only look at our own Greenland. And at the moment, between Greyhound racing and dog racing, I mean, we're giving millions upon millions every year to this. And I have a problem. My, I walk um, five days a week, and I have a problem with my money going to support such cruelty. Okay, we'll stay there for a second. Let me go to Sharon as well. Sharon, you're Niall's classic. How are you doing, Sharon? Good afternoon, Niall. How are you? A woman who's very involved in animal rights and pr- protecting animals, and you're also a vet as well. I mean, I, I don't know whether you watched the documentary last night on the horse racing. Um, I didn't. Um, I was very well away. It came up a long time before it was going to be running, that it was going to be running. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I feel, you know, we've spoken about before. I'm quite passionate about Anywhere where animals are used in a sporting way, there has to be commitment to the animal for life. And this is what the problem with our sports are. And I like to put this, these things into a way that the general sort of public can think of a comparison. If every little boy out there that wanted to play, say, GAA um, as it, for his county or, you know, at high level didn't make that great. If every little boy out there was then... Well, or every little girl, by the way, because a lot of girls playing GAA now as well. I know, sorry, every child. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, if, if they didn't make that great and they couldn't go off and do another useful sport, that they were all killed. Because at the end of the day, they're not good at what we want them for. Then, I mean, that's the comparison. There has to be... Now, I'm not saying that the sport's wrong. I've got an event myself. He absolutely lives and dies to do his job. He loves it. He, you know, he'd, he'd drive around and go eventing himself if he had the choice. But, you know, horses, we, we are their, you know, controllers. We need to be able to guarantee them a life after their sport. And so what you're saying to me is, because I don't have too much time, is you would like to see it better regulated rather than banned completely. It's the only way, apart from banning it, which I, you know, there's so much opposition to because of its revenue generation, which, you know, I think people, you know, the, 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 the whole betting thing, is, um, I, I have issues with that anyway. But yeah, but so do I. I, I uh, you know, I think that as long as horses in sport, be, and stick sulking, sulky racing aside because it's a totally different game, but horses in racing generally, um, you know, the high profile ones live like kings, but after they finish racing, there's awful stories of what happens to them. I used to take them off the track, retrain them, send them eventing, send them out, you know, they can adapt into other lifestyles, and some of them can't. Can I, can I ask you a question? Because you might have a better insight into the animal psyche, because obviously you're a vet, and you, you know, you're used to dealing with animals. But, I mean, does a horse, or indeed a greyhound running around a track, do they enjoy doing it? Absolutely. Once, I, mean, I mean, it's impossible to say everyone you know, lives and dies for it. But absolutely, you can't make a horse. You can't make a half a ton of horse do something unless it wants to do it. You can ask it to do it, and it can say, I'll do it because I enjoy it. Or not. And I get fed if I do it. You know, well, it's not just that. You know, I mean, horses absolutely love it. You feel the thrill from them. You know, that they, they, they absolutely love it. But you have to look after them when they can't compete in their sport anymore and if every single person that put money into having a racehorse knew that when that horse was no longer racing 
they still have to be paying for its teeth and everything. We'd have a very different sport. We'd have a sport with much smaller numbers in it, and then we'd have a really healthy sport that focused on welfare. We need to start putting welfare first, and people's need and people's greed needs to be second. Okay, listen, I, I have to go to break. Sorry, Sharon, for cutting you a little bit short. And after the break, I do want to talk to somebody, by the way, who's in the racing industry as well. Um, yes, Sharon believes that, no, don't ban it. But anybody who gets involved in horse racing, or indeed greyhounds racing, it must be a lifelong commitment. In other words, if you want to own a horse, that horse is your responsibility till the day it dies. And I don't mean killed early in its life, but you must be responsible for it when it outlives its usefulness, that you must rehouse it, you must be able to, be, to keep it and keep feeding it until the day it dies naturally itself rather than just farming it off to somebody else who's going to stick it in an abattoir. Uh, the number is 087-188-0008. And after the break, I will talk to somebody in the industry and find out exactly their view on it. God's sakes coming in. Somebody says, do we allow all the beasts of burden to go extinct? According to Richie, and he says, you're acting like an a la carte carrot cruncher now. You can't distinguish between pets and work animals when our pounds are full of unwanted dogs walking the green mile. How many unwanted Fidos ride the lightning every week? P.S. Uh, Peter, who are the Animal Protection Society, uh, Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, etc., etc., is completely against animals being used as pets and is quite happy to destroy any pets they get their hands on. Well, yes, they, Peter, tend to be a little bit of a contradiction of themselves, to be honest with you. I couldn't agree with you more. So didn't the founder of Peter say that when she died, she wanted her body to be turned into burgers and her skin to be turned into clothes? That's how mad some people get about the whole thing, now, to be honest with you. Uh, let me go to Jack. Jack, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How you doing, Jack? I know the whole thing. Good. Now, Jack, you're kind of sick of country people judging our, I suppose, uh, uh, country life. Yeah, well, a lot, a lot of it stems from city people, people, not just city people. There are rural people, obviously, but I believe a lot of the anger stems from city people who don't actually understand. Oh, the city people. Oh, sorry. Yes, life. yes. Yeah. They, they, they don't seem to understand how... Uh, country life works sometimes. Yeah, but um, when we were talking about working animals earlier on, say, you know, I don't know, somebody pulling a plough, or like somebody talked about a pony pulling a plough, etc. Those kind of things, although traditional and nice to look at, are unnecessary. They are unnecessary, but they're, they're still part of our heritage going back hundreds and hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Um, us people out in the country, we, we, a lot of us understand that, and want to keep our traditions, but a lot of people who are born, bred, reared in the city don't understand that side of things, and they just, they see, oh my God, horse pony, how all the world has got to end, the horse has got to drop dead two seconds time. Yeah, which invariably it doesn't drop dead. Yeah, yeah, but in reality it doesn't work like that. Okay, but the other thing too is you spent a lot of time working in the racing industry, the horse racing industry. I did. I spent about 15 years working in it. Okay, and generally speaking in your time, I mean, how are the animals treated? Well, I worked in a lot of different uh, racing yards when I was younger. And I'm not lying to you when I say in a lot of the yards I was in, they were actually treated better than the staff were because the staff would be coming from all over the country. They would be living on site. Some of them uh, would be even living above the stables where the accommodation staff might be living. It might be, you could nearly say hazardous sometimes, but just every horse there was pampered. They are watered, hay, every nook and cranny, quim, everything is looked after for them. 
That's yeah, be, but, look, but is that not because there was? But is that not because Jack there was potential for the horse to make money in racing? But when the horse gets to a certain age, and I know nothing about horse racing and what age they finish running at, but when it gets to a certain age, when it's well, look, it's not going to win any more races. It's not going to make any more money. Well, then it's just ah, sure, let's get rid of it. Not necessarily. I have two X-ray horses at home. Um, one of them has a lifelong injury, which he can never, ever actually be ridden again. But he's still at home, my home place. He's there with years. Mm-hmm. And I have another X-ray horse who I use um, for just riding pleasures and stuff yeah. all year round. He, he was no good as a race horse. He ran, I think, three times. Um, he never finished anywhere. But he was a lovely mannered horse, and and that's you as an individual with an anecdotal no, story. And I'm and I'm not denying that, by the way. There are many people like you, but there are many I breeders know. out there who breed horses to race and to make money. Yes, there is, but there's also a big program initiated for after care of race horses. It, there, there was a story on on a news talk last Friday night at eight a.m. or eight p.m. If if you wanted to hear that, you'll hear all about the program. I can't think of the woman's name, but she's running amazing things in regulations with the Irish Horse Racing Board. And they're doing amazing things for aftercare for race horses. And, and like, everyone, the way it's going on today is saying, oh, the horse is finished and finished racing, and the first thing he's done is killed. Well, that's not true. That, no, what happened in that program last night, yes, I will admit, it is wrong. And I am in no way condoning it whatsoever. But that was one-sided journalism. That is not actual reality of 98% of the horses in, or ex-race horses in the world. It's just not. But it, but it doesn't have to be 98% of the race horses in the world. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you look at, oh. say, when you look at, say, the amount of horses that have died, and I'm looking here, 2,275 deaths in 5,243 days. That's roughly a horse every second day. Dying in the UK and Ireland and horse racing, right? Um, and I think actually includes Australia as well because they have a big horse racing industry over there too. That's a lot of horses to die on a regular basis. It is, but how many other animals die on a daily basis? Yeah, but if you had, if you had a sport, I mean, look how we reacted when that footballer, you know, uh, had a heart problem on the pitch there two weeks ago and ended up in hospital and how we reacted to that. But yet, it's okay for a horse or for a greyhound or for any other animal to die just so as we can have entertainment. And that's the way people look at it. That's one side of journalism. They don't look at the other side. They don't look at the care and love and respect those horses are treated with day in, day out. Those grooms who go and look after those horses, who go racing with that horse. And yes, an odd time an accident happens. Fair enough. It's not a nice thing to see. But those grooms, they, you don't see that side of that. You don't see how devastated they are, how they can't actually go into work for the next two or three days because they're so grief-stricken. And they are, nobody goes into racing for money. No, well, sorry, maybe the big boys do, but not the small people who work in the yards. Nobody goes into it. They go into it for the love of the horse. They love caring for the horses. They would do anything for those horses. I've been in places where they've gone out and spent their own money just to buy treats and everything for those horses that they care for. But nobody ever 
publicises about that side of the racing industry. Well, they, well, well, they, well, they do publicise that end of the racing no, industry because, well, hang on, because we do glorify it. When we watch, you know, Ascot or when we watch the Galway races or we watch what Aintree or whatever it is and people watch these things and go down and put a bet on the bookies and everything, we do glorify the horses and we do look at that aspect, that wonderful aspect of horse racing where people enjoy it and people go out and put money on it and get dressed up and all that kind of thing. So we do. But we also have to look at the other aspect of it. And people are oh, saying, I, I, what they're I, saying, I, Jack, I, is this is 2021. You know, I'm not necessarily agreeing with it, but, you know, we look differently upon these things now. We do look differently upon these things, but um, you had a caller on earlier, I can't remember his name now, where he was spot on. It's, if you start playing this thing and that thing, and where does it stop? I mean, where does it actually stop? What do, they, what do people want say the people like me who are interested in the racing and all country sports, what do they want me to do at the weekend? Walk around the town and twiddle my thumbs? That's not who I am. That's not my life. That's not where I was bred. I was bred in the country. I'm a country boy. I love all country sport and I will defend and support it for until I can no longer do it. And would you defend hair coursing? Yes, 100%. And fox hunting? Yes, 100%. And you would defend all of those things where other people would say to you, they're unnecessary. Why would you want to do that? Well, it's unnecessary. Because it is, because well, it, it no, is unnecessary it cruelty, is isn't necessary. it? Well, no, it is. Well, fox hunting is unnecessary cruelty. No, that's where you're wrong. It is necessary. Foxes are vermin. At the end of the day, that's what they're classified as. They're classified as vermin. And their numbers need to be controlled. And you think it's acceptable for a load of men and women to jump on horses with a dog, with a few dogs and chase a fox till it literally has a heart attack down a hole? These, their numbers need to be controlled. Their numbers are, and if they're not controlled, no farmer has any livestock alive after us because they will go and they will kill sheep. They will kill hens. They will kill calves. They will wipe out farming if they're not controlled. Okay, well, listen, I have, I've run out of time, but listen, thank you very much indeed putting the other side of the coin there, the other side of the argument for people. And maybe another day we will talk about fox hunting and hair coursing as well. And a lot of people have an objection to those sports, as some people call it, other people just call it cruelty. And as far as Jack is concerned, it's necessary. It's part of country and rural life, and it's part of controlling animals and controlling the numbers of animals. He does have a point in relation to the foxes and the damage they do to sheep. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.